Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and I'm going to be talking about The Deuce Season 2 Episode 6. It's called We're All Beasts. So full spoilers for the episode. And if you're a regular you know, listener or viewer of this, of these Deuce reviews, you're like, why is it just Peter? Where's Connor? Connor's on vacation. He's back next week. Uh, but for this one, you get just me. So yeah, we're going to talk about The Deuce. And this was a really fun episode. I don't usually come out of episodes of The Deuce saying, oh, that was fun. Like, yeah, there's fun scenes, there's humour sprinkled throughout, but this had so much of the making of the movie, of, of Red Hot, of the of the Little Red Riding Hood porn, that it was just, you know, it, it started off with this ridiculous actor with the tail on and the teeth, and he's chasing uh, Laurie dressed up as Red Riding Hood throughout the streets of New York, and we're doing this this gritty city version of the, of the story, and, and obviously, and porn. Um... <laughs> And he's complaining about things. There's the, you know, the joke at the start where these guys almost start a fight because he bumps into one of them. But then it turns out they're fans of Laurie, so then they kind of like willingly become bodyguards and bouncers for the set, and it's a whole thing. And there's you know there's them running onto a subway train at one point to use the train. But of course, the guy, the the, the stuck-up actor, ends up quitting. Uh, or gets fired because he, he he's not willing to shoot in the conditions they shoot in and the dumb props he sees himself as above this this stupid movie and candy walks over to larry and says hey do these these fake teeth fit <laughs> and he's like yeah and it's one of those moments as well kind of like how he had that cheesy smile at the end of the uh the, the the you know the photo shoot it was the same kind of thing here where he did that cheesy smile again but he was wearing the, the wolf teeth um, so it had this extra element. So he's he's been cast. He's 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 fallen into the movie. But I think it's notable that he was around anyway. He was there helping. He was holding a script. He was, he was on set. You know, trying to give advice to the the actor who just got really stuck up. Said, "Oh, I'm getting advice from this nobody now." What? So all that movie stuff is really fun, and it leads to a lot of other fun scenes with the you know with um, uh, oh god, Frankie. Thank you. Frankie's girlfriend, or sorry, not, not girlfriend, sorry, wife, they're married, how dare I, but his wife, who's, you know, winged her way into a part in, in the in the, in the movie, um, she's playing the grandma, which she's not happy about, she wants it to be changed, and Frankie tries to get it changed with Candy, which I'm bringing up, because Candy refuses, and it's relevant in a second, but... She is terrible, she's forgetting lines, she's messing up takes left and right, and Candy walks over to over to Frankie and just says, hey, you're going to have to fire her, and he's like, oh yeah, this is my wife, he's like, yeah, well, you're a producer, you solve problems, because he's all proud, because he solved some problems earlier, he's, like, he's trying to be a proper producer, he's on set, he's trying to help, and meanwhile, Harvey is going apeshit, because they're spending money for this lobby, to use as a location and they've got three hours it's costing like five hundred dollars he's, he's livid about how much everything's costing um he's panicking all over the place about it uh but the and that obviously that leads to, to to frankie having to fire his wife which leads to a very amusing scene in the in the diner where he's kind of trying to bring it up in a in a gentle way and she realizes what he's saying and they, they, i think what's funny here is that she was playing a really bad actress in the in the scenes where she was you know in the porn movie but the actress herself playing this character is very good because I, I thought this scene with frankie where she sort of gets what he's saying and then gets very angry I thought I thought the delivery was very well done because it was very funny. It was it was entirely hilarious just because of the way she was, she was emoting without saying a lot of words. Um, so that was good stuff. But 
so that, that, that's again it kind of spirals into multiple plots here with, with Frank and then one with Candy but the one with Candy I wanted to mention that I thought was a really notable little touch was so she goes to Harvey and Harvey's sort of lamenting they're spending too much money partly because Candy's putting them through all these different ropes of um shooting out in locations she, you know she does that scene where she's the water shoot out by the water and the cops show up and they're about to get in trouble because they've got no permits and instead of wanting to see permits the cops just ask if they can watch and candy's like yeah all right <laughs> get comfortable uh so and she's like oh i love this say and you know so again every everything about shooting the movie was fun like i i could have almost done with a full hour of just them shooting different scenes of this movie um you know down to the fact that you know larry improvs a scene at the the booth which is supposed to just be like a solo scene for the girl with some dialogue and he kind of takes it in the direction where it's going to turn to a handjob scene and she's like wait i thought i was working on my own like this is a handjob scene and candy's like well if you want to go with it it's up to you and sure enough she just does um but every every single scene they were shooting was was entertaining to watch and so they're doing all this. Obviously, at one point, uh, Larry gets hit by a cop car and arrested because it looks like he's chasing someone, but it's obviously just acting. Uh, but so the thing with Candy, I wanted to mention was that she she ends up having to play the grandma. She she basically says to Harvey, "Look, I'll play the grandma for free. We won't have to recast that role." And he's like, "Yeah, damn right you will," because obviously she's causing so much turmoil trying to make this expensive movie. But what I thought was notable is that she immediately says, but she's not a grandma anymore. She, she's a, she's an aunt and she's hot. She's hot as hell. And that was basically Frankie's argument earlier on in the episode to try and convince her to switch the, the grandma to an aunt or something like that for his wife. And she refused it at the time. What I think is interesting here is that this takes me back to the scene a few episodes ago where Candy was speaking to the, to the Hollywood producer, the one who made, made her give him a blowjob. And he insulted her, saying, "Oh, you're you're too old to play the Red Riding Hood, probably the grandma, right?" And I like to think that this 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 choice here, because she's now playing the role, is that I'm going to like not so much not give that guy the satisfaction, but because he made that dig, I think that's why she wanted to not be the grandma. She wanted to change it. Uh, so I thought that was a really nice little touch, uh, a nice little character beat for her. Uh, so. Uh, we get all these different things. Obviously, the 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 car hit scene kind of ties back into Frankie's side of things. Frankie finding out they need another twenty grand to finish the film because they're running out of money. He goes to the guys. He goes to goes to Big Mike and Black Frankie and says, "Hey, anyone want to you know put in twenty grand to a movie? You know, be a producer, be a big thing." And Vincent, of course, shuts him down immediately. He's like, "No, nah, don't don't be fools." But they think they've got a job, and he's going to help with this this next heist job, and it's a it's a truck job. They're going to take over a truck, um, and they 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 do the truck job. It, it goes well enough. Um, you know, Black Frankie kind of you know, with a driver threatens his kids. He gets his wallet out and looks at where he lives and what his kids' names are, and you know, asks some questions. And it's like, yeah, if you ever you know get too descriptive about us, then I'll come visit you in Jersey. But it has a funny punchline, of course, because the truck they stole was a it was a shoe truck that was full of shoes, and they were going to sell it to uh, to Rudy, but Rudy shows up and they're disappointed to t- tell him that all of the shoes are all left. They're all left, all for the left foot. 
because apparently they've been they've been robbing these whoever this company is blind so much that they've actually put all the left shoes in one truck and all the right shoes in the other and they'll have a good laugh about it but it leads to frankie bringing up the movie and obviously i'm thinking oh don't get rudy involved this is exactly what candy doesn't want uh, but he, he actually takes Rudy to like, see the filming and this is when the cop car thing happens and Rudy thinks this is part of the movie and thinks oh that looked real oh put me in for 20 right now for 25% so I mean I'm not sure if it's going to be a huge plot point but I, I, I can't imagine that Candy is going to be thrilled to find out that 25% actually more to the point I don't know if uh, Harvey's going to be thrilled to find out that 25% of the profits have to go to Rudy then again maybe 20 grand's a large a large enough amount that that's actually fair. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. They've, they've not been that specific with the inner percentages and, and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah. So he shows up. He's a hero. He's got all this money. And he's wearing two left shoes. Because they just stole a lot of left shoes. Um, which just sounds painful to me. I mean, it's fine for your left foot. But for your right foot, not so much. Your right foot's going to go to be uncomfortable for pretty much ever. Uh, maybe if you wear it for a long, long time, you'll break it in just enough to... <laughs> to not be miserable i don't know so now all, all that stuff's great but of course it culminates in the final scene of the episode and this was very notable to me because when it cut to the final scene it was you know it was laurie running upstairs in her in her outfit a red riding hood outfit but it was notable how the shooting style was completely different right it didn't do an obvious thing it, well, it's not until the end of the scene where you get the, the 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 old film effects where it looks like it's old film right you know, where it looks sort of deteriorated and washed out and you hear the projector running. That doesn't happen till the very end. It still looks, you know, high quality up until that point. But just the angles, the lighting, everything about it feels different. And you see, like, these shadows going up the stairs. And all of a sudden, it feels like a horror movie. All, it genuinely looks like a bit of a horror movie. And Laurie runs up. And it's this scene and Candy's there as the grandma. And they kind of tie him to a bed and they're seen him and sort of playing up the fact that you know she's also a bit of a wolf you know they're all beasts as the as the title uh points out and that's when you know the the projector noise comes in and we, we see that it's old film and well i say it's not old to them but it looks like old film to us because film doesn't you know look this bad anymore but it pulls out and harvey's looking at it. and harvey and it's notable that he all all episode and for several episodes actually but especially this episode he's been angry he's been losing his temper at how much money they've been spending he's been you know he's been very critical of how everything's running and he just kind of like smirks sighs and turns and says you've got something with this you know and then you know camera goes into a close-up on candy and the the bass music starts playing for me, this really solidifies that the 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 Red Wolf, or sorry, the Red Hot movie, is kind of the main thematic device of the of the season. It feels it feels like the main plot. It's it's, it's it's the most plot thing, if that makes sense. That's kind of bookending the episodes, and it feels like there's the the, the progress is happening, because uh, that, that's now a couple of episodes where it's ended on a moment related to this movie. And I, I feel like, you know, between, you know, Candy going for funding, winning, a, you know, the, the awards and stuff like that afterwards, writing the script, taking time to set things up, and then this episode actually filming most of it, it, it does feel like the main sort of driving plot of the, of the season, even though it's not actually related to all the other plots, because it's not, like, it's, it's an ensemble show with multiple things going on, but it definitely feels like the one that I'm going to, you know, when I think back of season two of The Deuce, I'm going to think of the making of this movie uh so yeah great moment at the end uh really really cool how it was well shot and do you know what i like about it the reason why that works why the the change because obviously up until that point every time we'd seen the movie being filmed it was 
you know, it was just you know, it was, we were just seeing it in the normal context of the of the show where we're, we're seeing Candy call directions, we're seeing a cameraman, we're seeing all these different things. The reason why it works at the end of this, not only is it just effective in that you realise, oh, we're in the movie right now, it's effective because the point of this scene is that she's showing the first cut of it to Harvey. She's showing him a scene and saying, hey, I've edited this, here's what it actually looks like put together. And for us, everything up before this point has not been put together. It's been just them on set shooting it. Whereas seeing it actually edited together like the experience is supposed to be makes it effective because it means it's the exact same way that Harvey's seeing it. So that's why that's that's how I justify dramatically why you you shoot it like this and you just cut to it and actually have it play out like a raw normal scene, but in with a diff- very different style and horror tone and uh, all the rest of it. So so stylized, but stylized for good reason uh, and effective. So elsewhere in the episode, we did have Vincent who kind of dips into a few plots, but Vincent um, basically confesses everything to abby uh, abby we see is getting very serious with her with her work she she's at like a town hall meeting she, she's giving this this you know very great well-informed speech about everything that's going on and who they should be tackling and helping and how you know calling the police you know when they call the police the, the pimps don't get affected only the girls get affected it doesn't really change anything um, and how they have to try and tackle these things differently and you know goldman's even there vincent's there and he sees this and that's this is kind of uh part of the, the, the part of the reason the motivator i mean I, I think it's been weighing on vincent but this is part of the motivator for sure why he tells her everything um and admits where those envelopes go that they, they collect every week admits how he kind of got involved even though he wasn't directly involved in the first place but because because rudy trusted him he wanted him to be like a middleman so that he'd keep things you know on the up and up and she's rightfully very pissed but in a very kind of okay, he's telling me the truth now, and I kind of always knew, so it's a very awkward conversation, a very uncomfortable conversation, because it is kind of, okay, we actually have to, we actually have to face this now, um, and he tries to actually, he's like, no, I'm, not, I'm not taking any more money from, from the parlors, and he tries to give her the envelope that we saw him get earlier on from Bobby, and she rejects it, I don't want this money, I don't, I don't you know, it's, you know, it's like, not, not quite blood money, but, you know, a similar idea, and he's like, well, I don't want it. I'll leave it here for you. And she's like, you know, I'll put it behind the bar, but it'll be here when you come, if you ever need to come back looking for it. And she's not, she's not willing to take it. Now he he says, here, use it. You know, do something good with it. You know, at least you can take some of the money and maybe apply it to helping the girls. And at first, she doesn't really feel that. It's not until later where there's a scene with Ashley, uh, where she wants to help one of the girls, uh, one of uh, Rodney's girls, who's basically. Uh, feeling extra stressed right now because she's she's working as a prostitute most of the time and when she's not working as a prostitute she's taking care of Rodney um, instead of him taking care of her you know she's basically his nurse uh, on top of or you know our quote-unquote day job and she really wants to help her she wants to just get a ticket home but a ticket home's not enough a ticket home is just you know it might as well be a return ticket because a return, she'll, she'll go and she'll immediately want to come back you have to give her enough money to sort of kickstart her new life enough money to get a place for a couple of months so she can have time to look for a proper job and so on and so on and she's like it's going to cost about two thousand and like nah we can't do this and that's when abby gets up and just like slaps the envelope on the table and we see a scene later on confirming that she's got on the bus station and she's she's off home or off to a different city, at least. So, you know, very practical. And I wonder if this is going to be be, be a, a running thing where Abby actually wants to take that money um, on a regular basis and try and, f- 
you know, funnel it back into helping the, the girls and helping the the community. It seems like something she might do uh, at this point. Because uh, Paul's opening night's happening. We don't see a whole lot of Paul in this episode, but they're, ha- they're having their opening night. Uh, you know, it's a very fancy lounge bar. And, you know, Abby and, and Vincent go. And it's, you know, she gets all dressed up for it and they leave and it's kind of awkward. And But while they're there... Um, after the the singer starts, she she goes over and uh, they start dancing together. You know, she she takes them out of the dance floor, and they have this slow romantic dance. And I have to think that things are kind of okay between them because he chose to be honest, and he was ve- and he was very honest about it. Like there wasn't not to say that he told her everything that he's ever been involved in with Rudy or anything like that, but he certainly was honest as he probably could have been about the actual you know subject at hand, which was the parlors and how involved he was with the girls and uh, how he get into that. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm sure using the money for something good was was probably help, but I I think it's the honesty and the time to reflect on that is probably why. Um, I I think she she's, I I think I think she respects that because she's smart enough to to understand what that took, and she's smart enough to see that as progress. I guess, right? I mean, she's she's so busy talking about wanting to change things and progress things that she can see progress in him. And I, I think that that's maybe why. Um, meanwhile, Bobby's in a pisser of a mood. He's pissed that his parlor got messed up. You know, they're having to fix it back up again. And then his son gets thrown out of school, gets gets expelled because he was fighting again. So he has to find his son something to do. So he takes him to takes him to Vince and says, hey, give him a job. And Vince doesn't want to. He's like, no, we're open from midnight till like six. Uh... And, you know, I'm not giving them to Abby, you know. Inevitably, this was before things seemed to be patched up again in the episode, but still, I don't think it would fly now either. And he kind of agrees, but then he takes them for food and he sends them home, and Bobby's pissed at that again. Um, and there's a scene, you know, with the homeless guy where, where Vincent gives him money and Bobby's son doesn't understand why he's doing that. And again, it's a sign of, you know, Vincent does actually... Like, he isn't just some evil scumbag who wants to, like, run parlours and stuff like that. I mean, I, I think that's a neat thing for us because it reminds us why we like Vincent. You know, why he's not just like... It's, it's easy why Abby thinks he's a bit of a scumbag maybe after the, the revelation for a bit. But it's nice to give the audience a reminder of, okay, well, this is why we like him. Because he does have a bit of a heart. He does care about people around him. Um, but eventually Bobby just has to take his son to his work. So he takes him to the parlour. And, you know, his eyes, his you know his 17-year-old eyes or whatever age he is, is you know, are bulging out of his eyes as he's looking around at the, the girls. Um... Uh, very very neat that they have like a, a customer come in and the girls have to line up in their lingerie uh, whilst he's there so that he he's like he thinks he's in heaven and then he's very upset to find out that he's going to be uh, vacuuming and cleaning and and i mean come on would would you really want would you ever want to get a job cleaning a whorehouse i mean think about what you'll be cleaning in there i mean no wonder he i mean no wonder he's he's pissed at the sound of this. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's he's got a very punchable face. That Bobby's son. He always looks looks like he's a bit of a shitbag. Um, so I imagine he would just you know scoff at any sort of labor at all. But I mean, this kind of labor specifically in this location, I don't, I don't think I'd I'd be particularly thrilled at the prospect either. Uh, but yeah, so that that's kind of <laughs> we leave up that plot. Um, there's only one scene with CC in this episode, which is weird. CC is usually a big feature, but it's basically just Laurie having to tell him that the actor got recast with Larry, and it, clearly there might be some tension there because he's a fellow pimp. Uh, but CC just kind of says, oh, "I don't care about Larry. You're getting paid the same." Uh, he seems to just be happy 
that Laurie didn't try to lie to him about it. And, you know, indicates, yeah, see, she wouldn't lie to me. Um, not not in a nice way either, in a controlling way, like, you know, no, I've got her scared enough, she won't lie to me. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of where we leave him. Um, but, you know, worth mentioning. Also worth mentioning Goldman, who whose character takes a little bit of a turn in this episode. Uh, we see that he's, he's, he's at the meeting where Abby's speaking, so he obviously kind of, like, feeds into kind of what she's saying. Um, but we get a little bit of reveal with him where he's at like a bathhouse and there's a lot of gay sex going on and someone propositions him and it looks like he goes with this guy into a room. And the fact that he later shows up at home, get into his bed with his wife and he looks very guilty would imply that, you know, what you think happened did happen. Um, and obviously this is all neatly played because this all comes after a scene with him and his wife and his kids at breakfast where he's, you know, he's, he's talking about the past presidents with his son and his son's trying to remember them. And it's, you know, it's a classic family scene and it's kind of exactly what you think his life is like based on how much of an activist he is with the, you know, within the system. You think, oh yes, yes, classic, you know, nuclear family, you know, high spirits and, and, and all things that are good and sweet. Uh, but he's got this secret now, he's got this other side to him. And it does kind of put into retrospect the, the scene where he got his new office and there was a, a gay prostitute working. Yeah, there was, it was a gay prostitute, right? Or was it a guy and a woman? I think it was two guys. But, I mean, if it, if it was a guy and a woman, then my point's moot. But if it was two guys, then it adds a weird kind of foreshadowing element to his character. But he is, is in... Is, it felt a little bit out of nowhere, admittedly. Uh, I was like, oh, wait, we're doing this kind of thing with this character? Like, I, I didn't think we were going to get as, enough of him to, you know, spend time on his private life and spend time on what he was doing. But at, at the same time, I mean, uh, it is a, definitely a wrench in his squeaky clean image not that he's gay i mean i mean maybe in the 70s people will have that attitude but it's it's, it's not squeaky clean anymore because obviously he's a married man uh, because it's a secret because he's cheating on a wife and he has kids and you know that that's why it's not squeaky clean so no it's just it's it's an interesting development and we'll be interested to see where it goes uh not a lot of darlene in this episode either i think the movie making stuff took up so much screen time that a few characters did kind of get the shaft darlene's couple of scenes were interesting in anyway though because larry wants her to run lines with him so bad and she turns him down like she has the power in the scene that he offers to pay her and starts slapping down 20s on the table and he puts out at least a hundred dollars to spend like an hour or whatever you know running lines with him um and, it, and again, it is, it is like the power dynamic shifted. She has the power in the scene now. It's really interesting. Um, but the funny thing is, it's, it's not like he he's suffering for it necessarily. He actually looks very fulfilled and happy that what he's doing now. He's he's happy being an actor in a poor movie. He he feels like he's 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 passionate about it. Um, that 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 big goofy smile he's got at times kind of tells you that. Uh, the way he's howling in the final scene of the episode also tells you that. Nah, Larry's becoming a favorite. He's becoming a favorite of the show uh, for sure. Um, I can't. I cannot fault. I cannot fault. Uh, but that that was the this episode six season two. Uh, back next week with Connor. Uh, with the the regular discussion. Uh, but yeah. So by all means, let let us know what you thought of this one in the comments below. Like and subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV and you can support us over there for as little as a dollar per month. Get some bonuses, get some stuff early. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla? Yeah.